Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is the Big K Morning Show. Thank you for choosing us. Larry Richard with Marty Griffin. So yesterday the announcement came. As of December 20th, all employees, patients, and visitors will be required to wear a face mask at all UPMC facilities. Joining us is Chief Medical Officer Dr. Don Yeely. Doc, good morning. Good morning to you. What's up, my man? This is a big deal, I think. Tell us why. Well, throughout the entire pandemic, one of our goals has been to make sure that the people that we serve and the people who serve together with us are as safe as possible while we're delivering that care. And we have kept close tabs on the COVID-19 and the influenza, RSV, and other threats, the activities not only in our communities, but in the places where we deliver that care. In between periods of time now, when when the COVID-19 and flu activity was not particularly high, we devised a plan that would inform us when we had to take different actions. And it's smart to do that before you're in the cauldron. And uh, this last past uh, week or so, we entered into the thresholds that said, you know what, to do this as safely as possible, it's time to reinstitute fully that protective measure. We never fully demasked. So in the areas of the hospital where the most vulnerable people were getting their care or coming for a visit, that remained masked all throughout because those people are at very high risk. We think it's now time for a period to mask to keep everybody safe. And, Doc, what do you say to the naysayers that say, all oh, those masks don't work? They do work. So, obviously, randomized, controlled, and blinded trials are hard to do with masking. It's hard to blind whether or not someone has a mask on or off. And it's hard with behavioral interventions, in other words, wearing a mask, uh, to do that type of research. But what we know from national trials, when you put them all together, and our own experiences, are that people who are masked are much less likely to come in contact with the virus. Not zero chance, but much less likely. We know that from looking at our own transmission data, that uh, it's very rare for us to see transfer the virus when the two people involved in an exchange are both wearing a mask. Conversely, when neither's wearing a mask, it happens much more frequently. Hey, man, come on. You've been at this a while. You're one of the best in the country. You don't do this stuff willy-nilly. You do it because you have a concern. I mean, come on. You have a concern, sir. 
Do you not? Absolutely. We've seen an increase in the number of people with a COVID-19 infection recently. And while things are better than they were two years ago, it still can be a very difficult illness and it still kills people. Secondly, influenza is beginning to rise more and more. And influenza we've known for decades happens on a seasonal basis and it hurts many people very much like, although a different virus, COVID-19. Same is true of RSV. Uh, we want to make sure we're protecting you from all three. And, and this simple intervention done a little bit more broadly and only during the periods in which peak activity is happening really does allow us to keep everyone safe. Hey, man, about 7 million adults, fewer, have gotten the flu shot. The vaccination rate for the COVID booster, 17% of adults and only 8% of kids. People are ignoring this, which is why you end up having to do this stuff, isn't it? Well, they're overlapping. So the vaccine won't prevent your uh, risk of getting COVID-19 or influenza. But what it does is it, as an individual, prepares you to fight any infection that you come in contact with. And it just makes sense to have your body ready for it. Uh, the downsides to the vaccines, although often focused on by people, are really infrequent and rare. I'm not saying zero, but they're very, very rare. The downsides of each infection are real and always much higher. I am um, dismayed that more people aren't availing themselves to both the flu and the COVID-19 vaccine, yep. particularly if you're a little bit more mature or you have any of those higher risk conditions. We now have collective immunity that's better against COVID-19 than it was two or three years ago, but that doesn't mean it's the optimal immunity for each one of us. And that's why each of those vaccines makes a lot of sense. We're with Dr. Don Yealy, Chief Medical Officer, UPMC doc. So a lot of people also <laughs> wondering if you contract COVID, have the protocols changed for your own treatment? Well, a couple of years ago, we had monoclonal antibodies that were very effective in extinguishing the symptoms from COVID-19 and preventing many of the, the complications. That particular group of interventions isn't available anymore for COVID-19. We still have antiviral drugs. Paxlovid, you've heard of, is a combination of two different agents uh, that we can use in COVID-19. Given the changes in the virus and in individual people's uh, own immunity, it still has an effect, but the effect is much lower than we thought and observed maybe a year and a half, two years ago. So we have tools. Uh, they have some effect. We just deploy them a little bit more selectively now because of the changes. What you'd want us to do is to continually understand and re-understand what the virus does to us individually and collectively. And that's how we base all of our decisions, whether it's about masking or use of antivirals. You don't want me to give you uh, information from two years ago. That won't necessarily serve everybody well. Hey, man, are you um, going to hand me a mask when I come into the hospital? And uh, is this all facilities? And will you ask me to leave if I refuse? We will hand you a mask, uh, a surgical mask, if you do not have one available and talk with you about the right way to wear it. We will encourage Cokes and, and do everything we can to have you be compliant. We will always serve your health care needs. And uh, the goal of the exercise isn't punitive or ejection. It's about making sure people are safe, both those seeking care 
and those giving care. Uh, we have found before that the vast majority of uh, misunderstandings or uh, willingness not to uh, mask really can be overcome with conversation between uh, people who work with us and the people who are coming to visit. Appreciate your input as always, Doc. Thanks. Uh, it's a big step, though. Do you? Before <laughs> you go, last question. Do you sense that other areas outside of hospitals may reinstitute the masking? Well, some sites uh, in the region have already expanded their masking. Uh, many sites had more selective masking. We're just going to a, a broader uh, masking. If you want to know where it has to happen at UPMC sites, it's any place a patient could be. Yep. Uh, that's just okay. a simple way to look at it. So it wouldn't include offices that were administrative completely. Uh, we have shared uh, the structure of our plan with other uh, medical leaders around the region. Uh, they'll use their own data and their own planning uh, to decide whether or not they need it. And so it wouldn't be a surprise to me that some uh, choose a path that's similar to UPMC and some might choose a path that's different. It's because they have uh, a different local community and a different uh, experience. Uh, I think all sites are asking themselves, uh, should we do this and are we watching the right uh, triggering events to make sure that we make the best decisions. Hey, Doc, what about the defiant ones who hate you for this? Because you know they're out there, because I've heard from them already. What do you tell them? You know, job number one is to make sure that when we're providing your care that we're doing it safely, and that's the reason behind this. There's no other agenda. Um, I understand throughout the past three or four years, uh, some people have attached other thoughts to how the pandemic was handled, that's not my role, and it's not our role at UPMC. So uh, I don't have uh, strong feelings about people who have those beliefs. But what I can promise you is this is a group of medical experts that include physicians, nurses, pharmacists who make these decisions, and it doesn't have anything else to do with uh, broader social commentary. Dr. Don Yeely, Chief Medical Officer at UPMC. Again, thank you, sir. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye-bye. We've been pretty fortunate so far with the weather, but when it turns bad, we've got you covered with the KDK Radio Storm Center. Traffic updates, school closures, everything at your fingertips, too. The KDK Storm Center is brought to you by Mr. Reuter. Call 412-Reuter2. I love this song. Lou Rawls. Remember Lou Rawls? Oh. You got pipes like that, man. Uh, Come on. I don't know. That's, that's, it's, it's been fun. Going to do a little show this weekend, tomorrow at the Oaks. We'll talk about that coming up. Christmas show with Mr. Mark Sorreo. And what did JK call him? It should be called Sorreoville. Sorreoville. <laughs> that's that's oh, great. So there's really two really prominent business people in terms of their impact in the community in Oakmont. One is... Mark with his family in Oakmont Bakery and the Oaks Theater. And the other is JK, owns a bunch of restaurants there. And they're both very successful. That town, because of men like that that really care, and it could be women too, because obviously they factor in. Of course. But when people really care about their towns, yeah. they save. Their towns. Oakmont could be anywhere USA if it wasn't for people like that that care. Well, talk about, because you've been there several times, the Oaks. I mean, come on. That place rocks. 
and and people might say, well, little theaters in small towns are thing of the past. I say it keeps a lot of people feeling connected in their community. They still show movies. They have shows, live shows, music, comedy, and it keeps people. And they even kept what I like is the old-fashioned marquee with the lights outside. And then within walking distance, you have places to go. Like the lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in, man. Hey. Larry's done shows there. They have this high-tech screen. The Sorrell family put a million dollars plus of their own money in that theater. Seriously. You, you go in there, brand new seating, and they restored it to its original Art Deco look. And it's one of those places that keeps their little town vibrant. It's a piece that's really important. They've done the similar thing in Zillianople with beautiful. the Strand and there are some other places where they're redoing, I think, Dormont, the Hollywood Theater. They're redoing. That stuff matters, I think. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I was at the new Hollywood Theater. It's really, it's right by is, my house. Is it open? Yes. Row, yep. House, yep. Yep. Row House bought it, and they opened like a new location. It's really nice. Good. They have, they, they've opened a ton of new stuff in Dormont. I love Dormont. Dormont. Love cool. the restaurants. Yeah, they've opened a lot of new cool places in Dormont. It's it's And it's middle class. Housing prices. Yeah, no, our, our honestly, our our rent there is pretty. I love Norma. Reasonable. So Always have. I love living there. Uh, that's right, and you have one thing that other communities really are jealous of, and that's access to the T. Yeah, I live like I. It's right there, which is really convenient for. Like, Do you ever take it to like a downtown to a show or? Yeah, or if we're going North downtown Shore? and and we don't want to pay for parking or something, we take it. The T can be a little bit unreliable sometimes, so sometimes we just drive, but. Yeah, that's uh, and then people come to a show like at the Oaks, and they fill the restaurants. So Mark benefits. Well, that's, and JK benefits. That's another great point. The more people, I think it holds about three fifty. We're gonna have a sellout show tomorrow, so there's three hundred fifty nice, people spending money in their little town. It matters. It all matters. And uh, I love it, man. Appreciate those guys yep, for for, yep. for caring. Period. You know, last night. At the KDK Free Care Fund at Children's Hospital, I thought about this a number of times, Marty. How fortunate we are to have the medical minds oh my God. overall in this region that do incredible things each and every day. It's really, in in our community, amazing that, that the medical accessibility that we have here and the brain trust that's always thinking new ways to help people. My girl, uh, who I love, uh, Cindy. Patton from UPMC sent me this note early, earlier in the weekend. It blew my mind. Dr. Zavias, how are you, sir? Hi, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Wow. We're with Dr. Jose Zavias and Dr. Some pretty incredible news. Well, uh, you know, thank you for having me, first of all. It's really yeah. a pleasure to be here uh, with both of you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, you know, the paper we've, uh, we've published recently and some of the work we're doing at, at the Hillman Cancer Center I think has the potential to really change the way uh, we treat um, patients with head and neck cancer, but I think also even beyond that. And, uh, and the reason is because you know, one of the things that we always, always struggle with is finding a way to most, more precisely treat patients based on, on their disease and not just based on, on uh, the disease uh, in general. We want to be as precise with medicine as we can. And I think this study that we've we published using liquid biopsy technology 
gets us one step closer to that. Hey, Doc, this is crazy. And by the way, you probably know I had the same head and neck cancer. Um, yeah, I, I know. So this fluid, tell us about this fluid that has prior to this been thrown away, which is crazy. Yeah, so, so as, as, you, as you know well, Marty, you know, when, when you have a surgery like this, you have a surgical drain placed. And for many, many surgeries, drains are commonplace. And the reason you put those drains in is to evacuate the fluid from underneath the skin so it doesn't get infected, it doesn't cause problems in the wound. And for about 100 years, when, when people do surgery, this fluid is collected and thrown in the trash, and it's measured and it's uh, discarded. Um, we had the insight. Wow. Um, Come on. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we had the insight to say, well, what if this fluid was valuable? What if it contained information that we could use to better treat patients? And that was the insight, um, I think, back in 2019 that ultimately led to this paper and has led to even more. We've started a company. We're trying to build this into other cancer types to really get this to patients. And, uh, you know, it's still early days. Yeah. But I, but I think it's very promising. And what are the hopes wow. in, in utilizing this? Come on, man. What would other be discarded waste? Right, man. Right, right. So, so the idea is that, you know, using surgical drains and, and surgery itself is part of many, many surgeries for cancer, um, or sorry, many, many treatments for cancer. And the idea is that when we, when we do an operation, we have some decisions to make about what the next steps are. Do this patient deserve radiation therapy or chemotherapy or immunotherapy? And to date, the ways we make those decisions were based on uh, really great pathology. But sometimes, especially for new diseases like this HPV-positive cancer, maybe we're more we're imprecise. So the idea would be, could we find another metric that we could use from the patient to tell us what how much microscopic disease is left behind and make decisions about radiation or chemotherapy after surgery using that, those data. And, and we think that by doing it that way, we can have more precision, which means better care for patients. It means tailoring the treatment for patients better. And, and doctor, how long are we away from really utilizing this? So, you know, it's a great question. We have, de- we have demonstrated this, as you see in the paper, uh, the paper that we published recently in Clinical Cancer Research. Uh, that's the first major step. But in the last three years, we've been building a study to look at this in head and neck cancer across four different institutions, lung cancer, to really uh, define what, how this could be used. Now, the next steps are really to develop a clinical-grade test, and uh, the company Droplet Biosciences in Boston is working on this now with us. Uh, this is a company that I founded nice. along with a couple of nice. other founders that's, that's make, getting this to patients more quickly. Hey, Doc, the thing is for you, man, this has to be like, like a guy finding a diamond <laughs> in a lump of coal. Well, you know I, what I mean? I can sense in your voice, Doctor, you, I can, it's a genuine sense of excitement. Yeah. Yeah, well, so, you know, I'm a surgeon, I'm a scientist, and whenever you have the opportunity to discover something that really has been overlooked or something that is a completely new part of the way we think about medicine, uh, it's exciting, right? I get to, we've had the the privilege, I guess, of characterizing something that nobody else has really characterized. And... Um, there's some, you know, there's excitement in that. Our team, including my, you know, collaborator at Washington University, Otto Chowdhury, 
and I have spent a lot of time to think about this. And what's been what's been really fun is that the community, the scientific community, the head and neck surgeons across the country, at first it was kind of met with skepticism, right? What are you talking about? You're using surgical drains to measure what? But now, over the years, as we presented the data and the data become more convincing and compelling, um, there's, getting, there's going to be more and more acceptance, which has been also a really interesting transition to watch. And you lay in bed some nights and think, man, we could save lives. I mean, seriously. Exactly. I mean, yeah. That's cool. That, that, you know, places like ours, at Hillman, at UPMC, yep, yep. You know, we have a responsibility to move the needle, right? We're not here just to, to, to go with the old treatments that have always been done. And I think that's why we're here. That's why we're at places like, like the University of Pittsburgh, like UPMC, and like Hillman. And these, you're right, these are the things I think about. And not just me, but all my collaborators and scientists at the Cancer Center across the country. This is what drives us every single day. How do we improve lives? How do we make patients' lives better when they're facing a diagnosis like cancer? Well, we're so blessed to have you Hell and yeah. the minds here. Saved my life uh, there. I'm just curious, Doc. What's it like to be so smart? <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's, as somebody once told me, it's always good to, to you also you never want to be the smartest person in the room, right? Because if you're not the smartest person in the room, you're not growing. So I like to surround myself with people who are even smarter, <laughs> who drive me to me to work harder. And uh, and we're lucky, like you said, in Pittsburgh to have that community. Hey, doctor, it's a burden for me to be the smartest person in the room, but I live with it. <laughs> Somehow he deals with it, yes, doc. Sometimes uh, you make it happen. Well, you're the well, man. Hey, we appreciate you. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you getting the word out. Doctor have a good day. Jose. Nice, man. Zavios, who is doing incredible work. Wow. And uh, you just heard it here in our hometown. Check out Rick Dayton's Drive at 5. Colin Dunlap in today and each and every day. Top stories. So if you're busy doing what you do during the day, you can get caught up and uh, make sure you're in the know. Brought to you by Service Master of Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes, demand the yellow van. Hey, you're the Steeler, dude. What happens tomorrow, man? <laughs> you're the Steeler, Come on, Steeler, dude. dude. Come on, Homer. I think... The Steelers go to Indianapolis. It's like a playoff game. Please. In spite of all the acrimony, right <laughs> now, wait a minute. At the end of this uh -huh. day, yeah. they're still in a playoff spot. They're in yeah. now. Uh -huh. All they need to do is keep winning. Uh-huh. Like, what do you mean keep winning? <laughs> Come on, bro. Look, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The last two losses were very tough. Had they? <laughs> wait a minute. Had they won those two games? Coulda, shoulda, woulda. I know, but they would have nine wins, and they would be right at the top with the elite. And if pigs could fly, we'd never eat bacon, ever. And, you know, Ben throwing them under the bus, a little <laughs> disappointed in that. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on, man. They're going to win tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You want to bet that? Yeah. When you I throw do. at it there, Mr. You, Fish Hooks. You name it. Really? You want to go back? Dinner at the Lamont. <laughs> Those poor people. <laughs> That's... Uh, Kathy Slancic. They had to set that table and she, clean it up like nine times. Uh, we never showed up. <laughs> no. We doubled down uh -huh. on the North Allegheny Central bet. Yeah. I forget what the other one was. Oh, Central by Richland. Anyway. Yeah. The Steelers, your Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win tomorrow. No. 4.30 kickoff. Who? What KDK, time? 4.30. Oh, uh, KDK TV. Hmm. Uh Looks like T.J. Watt is going to play. He's out of concussion protocol. Alex Highsmith 
is going to play. He's out of concussion protocol and and looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. What happens with that guy that throws the ball into other people's hands? Who would that be? You pick, bro. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you know. They will never win again until they have a quarterback. That's just the way the the league goes. I I think you got to give Kenny another season, and then you'll know. With the new offensive coordinator. Say more, Jason. come back. No, this is new. You know what? You know, it looks like the good guy in all this. Who? Matt Canada. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he got dumped on. As it turns out, he wasn't the bad guy. As it turns out, they sucked without him. In fact, (laughs) they got worse. Well, there's probably a big curve going on here. Come on, man. Here we go. They lost to the two worst teams in the world. In the world. (laughs) Come on, bro. So listen to this. How about the list of quarterbacks from Terry Bradshaw to Ben Roethlisberger? Starting with Cliff Stout, Scott Campbell, David Woodley, Steve Bono, Mark Malone. What? Steve Bono. With you too. <laughs> no, that's Bono. Oh, okay. Mark Malone, Todd Blackledge, Bobby Brister, Neil O'Donnell, Jim Miller. Ticket Nick. Mike Tomzak, <laughs> Kent Graham, Cordell Stewart, Tommy Gary Bowser. Matt, Tommy Maddox, <laughs> Gary Bowser, and then Ben. There's a lot of names between here and there. So You know who could play quarterback for them? Norm Candelor would play. <laughs> Norm would be better. Our news director, he was a big quarterback at North Catholic. Come on, man. PJ. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Come on. Mitch Trubisky's going to tear it up tomorrow. Everybody wants Tomlin fired. Ain't happening. It's not happening. Who are you going to replace him with? Who, how do you know? Who, I have no idea. Who's out there? You cannot win without a quarterback, period. In the National Football League. Yeah, that's... One man. You got to have a quarterback. If you don't, you lose. That's how it is. You got to have a quarterback. Right on, brother. 755 at KDKA. By the way... Do the norm, uh, Candelor, introduce him as the quarterback. That would be hilarious. What number should we give him? 12. Where did he go to college or high school? Do you know? Number twelve, I don't know. Let me let me get. Hang on a second. Hang on. All right, what school we gonna attach him to? From Barking Beauties. Yeah, yeah, Barking Beauties University. And your quarterback from Barking Beauty (laughs) (laughs) University, number twelve, Norm Candelor. (laughs) Oh God, it's Friday. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.